0: Welcome to the Grow Your Wealth Podcast, the place for active and aspiring entrepreneurs. Join us every week for industry advice and expert information to aid you on your journey to financial freedom. Now from your hosts, Anna Swartz-Lopez and Vernon Williams.
1: Hello, everybody, and thanks for joining us on the Grow Your Wealth Podcast. I am Anna Swartz-Lopez with Maestro Capital Solutions.
0: And this is Vernon Williams, Just president and of- in Financial and Insurance Services.
1: And today we are going to continue our series uh, that gives an overview of types of business financing available. So we have talked about types of equity investments that are available and we talked about, uh, we're starting to get into types of debt. We've talked about trade lines and we talked at great length about credit cards. So Today, uh, the first type of financing that I'd like to talk about is actually a HELOC, a home equity line of credit. So, a, a HELOC is secured by the equity in your home. So, our we've spoken previously about there's secured and there's unsecured debt. You know, what's the collateral? A HELOC, your home is the collateral. So, with a HELOC, you make no payments and incur no interest until you actually use the money in the credit line, which is a benefit. However, um, the popularity of using HELOCs as a business financing tool has declined in recent years. And then we have COVID and a lot of banks aren't even issuing HELOCs anymore. However, if you do have substantial equity in your home and you're confident that you're going to be able to repay the HELOC, it can be a good solution for your business financing needs. But you do need to be aware that borrowing money using your home equity is always risky because, of course, if you can't make the payments, you can lose your home. So I mentioned this today, Vernon, because it is common and because it is, you know, it's an for many people with equity in their home, it's an easy way to access capital. Um, however, there's a lot of downsides to using to using a HELOC. Um, of course, you're not separating your business and your personal financials when you're when you are using your equity. Uh, you're not separating your business um, from your home. You know, if your if your business takes a hit let's say because there's a worldwide pandemic and there's shutdowns and you can't keep your business open if if you have sunk the value of your home into your business now you might be losing your home as well so it's it's a very risky way to finance your business but i just mention it because it is common and i know that i have certainly talked with business owners who have preferred doing that because oh, well, the interest rate is so low. Um, but just be aware its there are other risks associated with it.
0: Right. Um, and, and that's true. The obvious one you just spoke about, but maybe a, a more subtle one is that if you were planning uh, a business growth through a HELOC and all of a sudden that HELOC were to be curtailed or somehow uh, be removed, they no longer have access to that capital because I believe that, that loss can be stopped at any time by the lender. So a lender can say, okay, we don't want to do this anymore. Or they can close the credit line. And if that's what see. you were planning for, then you're essentially without new source of capital. Is that something that's also a, a, a concern or should be a concern?
1: Well, that's also a possibility. And I would say it depends, um, you know, in bad economic times, banks are more likely to do that in good economic times banks are not as likely to do that. And that what you just described, though, Vernon, that can happen across any kind of business credit. So if uh, business or or personal, so if you have a line of credit at at your business bank, they can call the line of credit due at any time, or they can cut the line of credit And actually this, this happened in 2008 and it is happening again now. And I, I have a hunch it it might happen uh, even more next year, but we'll see how that happens. But um, do you remember, uh, I believe we've talked a little bit about credit and how um, part of one of the elements of credit is the amount of credit that you have and your utilization ratio. So if you have a $20,000 credit line at your bank and you're, and you're actively using $5,000 you're only at 25% utilization. That's very healthy, very strong. Okay. Um, Let's say then COVID hits and uh, one of, one of the easiest ways for banks to make their balance sheets stronger is to cut those uh, lines of credit. So I I know this happened in two thousand eight, and again, it's happening now and likely to continue happening through next year. So it's definitely something to be aware of. Uh, if that twenty thousand dollar line of credit, and you are using five grand, and the bank says, "Well, okay, we're going to cut we're going to cut your twenty thousand dollar line of credit down to five thousand dollars line of credit." Okay. Right. Well, now you're at 100% utilization, radio, u- utilization ratio. So, without you changing your behavior at all, your credit rating has just significantly dropped.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: So, uh, that is he, definitely he, something to be aware of.
0: Wow. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but you're absolutely right because he utilization ratio is a function of the balance as well as the available credit. So if if they start meeting each other through a diminished, a diminished balance, then, of course, then the utilization ratio goes out automatically. So that's an issue. Absolutely. Yeah, I haven't thought about it, yeah.
1: Okay. Yes. And and so continuing on to what you just mentioned, you know, now I'd all like to talk about un- an unsecured business line of credit. So an unsecured business line of credit is similar to a HELOC, but with a couple of important differences. First of all, it's unsecured, which is different from a HELOC, which is secured by the equity in your home. Second, it's a business loan, while a HELOC is a personal loan. So there's no need to pledge collateral, which is just one of the factors that can make an unsecured business line of credit an ideal debt vehicle for a growing small business. So, if if your business is growing, if you have a strong cash flow, and this is also an instance when strong personal credit will definitely help you get that business credit because you know in a lot of situations, no matter what kind of debt you're getting, the lender is probably going to at least take a look at your personal credit. So, You want to separate personal and business, but it's important to keep that personal credit strong as well.
0: Right. I agree. I agree.
1: So the way this works is that rather than fixed monthly payments that stay high, even when you've paid down most of the principal, like a a term loan would be, an unsecured business line of credit can give you access of up to $100,000 or more with with no need to pay interest until you actually use the money. And then as you make payments, the available capital is replenished so you can borrow it right back out again. Monthly payments are usually relatively low, which is going to help your cash flow. Okay. If if you are in a risky industry like restaurants, real estate or retail, this type of financing might not be an option for you. However, even as I say that, uh, one of the lenders that I work with specifically targets restaurants with an unsecured business line of credit. So there's there's lots of options. And there, there's always something, which is why it can be very helpful to, to work with somebody to help guide you through this world of business credit because there's so many options. But generally speaking, if you're in a risky industry, it can be harder to get this this type of financing. Um, Now, because it's unsecured, lenders are going to look for good personal credit and they prefer established businesses with at least two years of financial history. So this is good for this type of financing is great for business owners with excellent personal credit and businesses that have been operating for at least two years.
0: Right. Right. Okay.
1: And then the next type of financing option I'd like to talk about is a commercial bank loan or an SBA guaranteed loan. So if you have great credit, a relationship with a business bank and business or personal assets that you are willing to pledge as collateral, an SBA guaranteed bank loan can be a good choice. Just be aware that business loan volume has been declining and getting a bank loan has become a lot more difficult. Uh, Applying for an SBA guaranteed loan can help make your business more attractive to banks as well as lowering your interest rate. So, uh, and actually right now with the way the market is, I would say that an SBA loan might be, it might be easier to get an SBA loan than a conventional loan. Uh, it, it just depends. The SBA has, is very active, um, lending money, but a lot of conventional loans, you know, conventional bankers have, have kind of pulled back, and just aren't lending as much. And another, another thing to be aware of with SBA, is if you are considering trying to get an SBA loan, try, if, if it's at all possible to get that loan in 2020, do so because once we are in 2021, now your 2020 taxes will be part of the application process. And uh, like so many of us, uh, if your business took a nosedive in 2020, that will make getting approved that much harder. So I know we're getting to the end of the year here, but I just throw that out as something to think about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. okay, That makes sense.
1: So uh, with, with an SBA loan, you'll probably get a lower interest rate but you'll probably pay higher uh, closing costs for for the loan and the important thing to understand here is that the SBA does not make loans directly rather it guarantees a portion of the loan that is that are made to small businesses by participating banks so that's why the bank considers it a a more secure option is because the SBA is guaranteeing it. However, most SBA guaranteed loans require collateral. And that collateral is usually the business owner's personal residence, particularly in the case of startup businesses. Uh, So that personal guarantee that's required for an SBA loan, that's, that is something that some people shy away from. um, However, it's just speaking, um, anecdotally, I have had bankers talk to me about how if a, if your business goes under, they're usually not going to come after you personally, unless there's something like fraud, like you intentionally defrauded the bank. So I've I encounter a lot of resistance to that idea of a personal guarantee, but it's really the SBA wants to know, are you personally committed to your business and are you willing to put skin in the game? Uh, so if you think about it that way, it that personal guarantee makes a little bit more sense.
0: Right. I agree. But would, um, if you always want to use other people's money and don't want to have any skin in the game, um, That. It doesn't necessarily indicate a lack of commitment, but it doesn't show any commitment either. So that that's an issue, and uh, that that some people don't 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 quite understand. I'm glad you raised that point. That's that's a good point.
1: Sure. And this is good for this type of financing is best for businesses with a track record of success as well as very good credit. And also for business owners willing to put up collateral, including their homes. And if you're looking for $300,000 or more in financing, SBA might be a good option. If you're, you know, the SBA does make smaller loans, but um, actually a lot of SBA lenders have a minimum and a minimum loan amount that they will process. And that's usually 300 or $350,000.
0: Okay, you
1: got it. Okay, and last for today, I would like to talk about cashing out or borrowing from retirement funds. So if you have a retirement fund like a 401k, it is possible to tap that money for startup financing by cashing out or borrowing from your retirement fund using something called a rollover as business startup. And yes, that acronym spells ROB. ROBS work like this. You incorporate your business and create a 401k plan for the startup. Then you transfer funds from your existing retirement account to the new company's retirement plan. Finally, you borrow the money from your new company's retirement plan to spend on business growth. And that's tax-free. Now, ROBS can be a good option for some people. Uh, I know that they are extremely, extremely popular in the franchising space. And I've, I've personally met people, and I know this is common, uh, you know, you work 30, 40 years in a corporate job and you look to retire and you use your 401k to buy a franchise. And that's, you. I know that works for some people. However, this strategy is perhaps the riskiest of all the business financing strategies um, because something like 40% of businesses fail in the first year. And then also about 80% of businesses fail within the first five years. So when you use your retirement funds to build your business, you're risking your nest egg that you've worked so hard to grow. So you really need to have confidence that your business is a sure thing. Although we can start talking about if you use your retirement funds to buy a franchise that a business that will make you money. And then you compare that with what can happen in a crazy year when the market tanks like 2020, you know, that it might not seem as risky, but I do want to point out that the, legal maneuvering you have to go through to get this done is very particular. And if you make a misstep, then you're going to get taxed on all of your money and you can get penalized as well. And, uh, this, like I said, I know this method is popular in the franchising space. Um, but there are some drawbacks to it because it's it's a very complicated process and you have to do it exactly right.
0: Right. So I was just thinking that, um, tell me if I'm wrong here, but I was thinking that if one, if one were to use, let's say a HELOC, as you mentioned in your previous example, or some other type of collateralized debt, uh, to the extent that your business were to fail, God forbid, and you had to declare bankruptcy. Now, most of the time, I think that you're, Retirement, uh, your retirement accounts are protected from bankruptcy. Everything else is on, the, is on the table, but your retirement accounts are not subject to the bankruptcy laws. Uh, so which means that those uh, 401ks and so forth that you mentioned or that you've created are protected. But if you were to use a 401k to, uh, to support your business, then all of a sudden all of your assets are, are, are now at risk. So in addition to. That's
1: that's true as well. That's a good point.
0: Yeah. So if you use your house and your house were to be foreclosed upon because you couldn't make the payment, then at least you've got your retirement account. And if you had to declare bankruptcy, but if you put that on the table by using it for other business activities, then you're totally taking at a, 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 a new level of risk.
1: Yeah. you know though you could also flip that on its head and say if you if you want to want to start a franchise and you drain your retirement accounts to start your franchise and your franchise goes under but you have equity in your house you know if your business folds at least you've still got your house
0: true uh and and most of the time the the problem with the house and not the well i can see a big issue but I think the, the problem with having the money, uh, having the 401k or not having a house as opposed to 401k is the liquidity. So if you have a, a nice, beautiful house, but you can't support it because you're cash poor, and you have some issues, you can't, you know, can't support it because there's no cash. Whereas if you have the 401k, you could, it is liquid to some extent, you could just go rent a place and you still have some money to buy food and those kinds of things. Um but in a down market is supposing that you were you had a nice piece of property, that property value would decline um, because you you know because
1: it, Well folks, I think that's it for today. There are a few more types of business financing. I would like to discuss, but that will have to wait for next time. So thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.
0: Tune in next week for more nuggets on how to grow your wealth. Wherever you are in your journey to financial freedom, enjoy the ride and keep growing.